0: This is the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, for May 3rd, 2019. In this week's episode, XProtect is updated for Windows exploits, Facebook bans personality quizzes, security problems with Nest, and Apple cracks down on screen time apps. The Intego Mac Podcast is presented by Intego, makers of security and utility software exclusively for Apple products since 1997. Now here are the hosts of the Intego Mac Podcast, veteran Mac journalist Kirk McElhern and Intego's chief security analyst Josh Long.
1: For once, we're not going to start an episode talking about Facebook, we've, which we've been doing a lot lately. We will, of course, mention Facebook later, because what would an episode of this podcast be without Facebook, some sort of Facebook problem? What we are going to start with is something called X-Protect, and this is Josh and I were talking before the show. I don't think we've actually ever mentioned this on the show, or at least explained what it is. Now, you may remember a few years ago that on the Mac, uh, Apple added something called Gatekeeper, and this is the thing that warns you when you're launching an application for the first time. Are you sure you want to launch this? You downloaded it from here. And Gatekeeper is a complicated thing. It checks code signatures from developers, but it also checks some files for malware. The way it does this is it uses, and Josh is going to explain all the terms I'm using here in a minute. It uses a signature-based method of testing files to see if they contain malware. And the file that does this The file that contains the signatures on the Mac is called XProtect. Now, Apple has never actually called this system XProtect, but in the security business, people tend to call it that because of the name of this file. So the reason we're talking about this is that Apple has updated the XProtect file, the the list of malware signatures, for the first time to combat Windows exploits on Mac computers. Now, we've long said that one of the main reasons that you want to use anti-malware software on your Mac which isn't targeted that much is if you share files with friends, colleagues who use Windows, and you want to protect them. It's the same as with vaccination, the more people who are vaccinated, the less risk there is for everyone else. It's interesting that after all these years, and as long as I've been in this business, people have been saying that Mac should be also checking for Windows malware. It's interesting that Apple has finally updated XProtect to deal with some of these Windows exploits. Josh. So you need to explain what signatures are, maybe a little bit more about how Gatekeeper works and how signatures are checked, what these Windows exploits are, and while you're at it, if you can give me some winning lottery numbers, I'd be really grateful.
2: Okay, well, I'll, I'll see what I can do, Kirk. Let's see. So I guess let's start with a little bit about the history of XProtect. So... Back in uh, when Snow Leopard was released, that's macOS version 10.6, that's when Apple introduced this new X-Protect feature, and um, it was called the Safe Downloads List. That's what Apple called it, um, which is kind of backwards because it's really more of a list of unsafe downloads. And the way that Apple used it at the time and has used it ever since in macOS is that whenever you download a file using Safari or certain other programs, what happens is the operating system will check against this XProtect list of known malicious downloads, which is a very, very small list, by the way. And to see if it if that thing that you just downloaded is on that list. And if it is, then it will warn you and it won't let you run that program. Essentially, that's the the gist of how XProtect originally worked, and it more or less works the same way now. Um, now you mentioned uh, Gatekeeper, and so it does tie in with more recent macOS features. Gatekeeper was introduced in the last update to Lion, and in Mountain Lion. Um, so Lion was the operating system that came after Snow Leopard, and then Mountain Lion came after that. Um, So we're going back several years, but these are features that have been introduced over time to improve um, the security of macOS. And essentially what Gatekeeper does is it prevents you uh, or makes it a little more difficult to run applications that aren't coming from a a known developer. Essentially, that's kind of the gist of what Gatekeeper does. And so XProtect also works with that technology.
1: Right. So one of the um, main elements of Gatekeeper, if you go to the security privacy pane of system preferences on a Mac, and if you authenticate, you will see that there is an option to allow apps downloaded from the App Store or App Store and identified developers. And this is Gatekeeper. So Gatekeeper looks for a, a code signature, a file in an app, to know if it's from the App Store or if it's from an identified developer. So someone has an Apple developer account and has used code signing. So there used to be three options there, and the third one was to, to open by any developer. Since that option is no longer there, if you want to open an app from a developer who is neither the App Store nor identified, and you may have a reason to do this, it might be your company that's developed an app, what you do is you right-click or control-click the app's icon in the Finder, and then choose Open from that menu. There'll be a dialog, and at that point, you will confirm that you really want to open the app.
2: Yeah, and and so this is something that most of the time you're not going to need to do this, assuming that you're getting your apps from the App Store, which is, of course, where Apple wants you to get all of your apps. Um, then you probably will very rarely need to do this. And it is also worth pointing out that malware in the past has actually encouraged people to, oh, make sure when you run this app that you, you know, hold control, click on the app and click open to make sure that you get the prompt to allow you to run this app. Um, so it's it's definitely something that can be uh, social engineered. They can trick, trick you into uh, running an app that way.
1: Okay. I mentioned before that X Protect looks for signatures. Now, can you explain what that means? It's not like they're actually looking for someone who signed their name. Hey, I'm, I'm a lead hacker and this is my name here. What are they looking for?
2: Right. It's not a John Hancock type of signature. This is a signature in this sense is uh, basically a way that you can identify a particular piece of malware. Some, sometimes depending on how the signature is written, it can, sometimes apply to multiple variations of, of a type of malware. And, and in other cases, a signature will just detect one very specific piece of malware and not modifications to it.
1: But what exactly is a signature? The way that,
2: that Apple does their signatures most of the time, um, it takes a look at a part of the code of an application and it says, okay, anytime I see this part of code, I know that this is probably this malware. And so I'm going to flag it and prevent
1: it from running. Okay. And and there can, of course, be false positives because some of this code, it, it's not actually the code itself. If this display that, it's the, it's the binary version of the code. So it's a string of characters. And sometimes you might have some characters that just appear, I don't know, in an image or a music file because images and music files, they're just data of the same type. Th- this reminds me that back in the day, Uh, I remember I was having trouble downloading some music files I had purchased from the iTunes store in iTunes. And it turned out that I had a system-wide ad blocker on my Mac. And so what was happening is that there were some strings of characters in some of the, the music files that were being detected. And so I'd get an error in iTunes, and I finally figured it out, and I turned off the system wide ad blocker, and it worked fine. Hmm,
2: interesting. Yeah, that's always a problem, um, potential problem, I should say, with signatures. Um, so, and, and of course, there's lots of uh, different ways to detect malware. Um, and this is one of the most basic ways that's been around, you know, for a very long time. A lot of people um, seem to have heard of this expert tech because I've seen discussion, you know, occasionally this will come up on, uh, you know, in discussions in public forums on Twitter or other places where people will start talking about Mac security. And then someone will say, oh, you don't need antivirus on Macs because they've got a built in antivirus. And honestly, ever since the very first version all the way up up until today, XProtect has not uh, you can't really even call it an antivirus. It's sort of a pseudo antivirus type feature, but it's not really a real antivirus.
1: Okay, one thing you need to know is that XProtect only works for files that you download in Safari, Mail, Messages, and anything else because it only works through Apple's apps. It will also work when you launch an application, but it will only detect files that aren't applications in specific Apple apps. It doesn't hook into, I don't know, if you download a, a PDF in Chrome and somehow it has malware in it, X-Protect won't detect it, even if it has a signature for that specific malware. So in this update that we're talking about, uh, Apple has updated X-Protect to check some Windows files. And, and this is a pretty interesting story because... Um, One of the files in question was pretending to be uh, an app called the Little Snitch, which is sort of an application firewall by a company named Objective Development. Uh, It turns out they had nothing to do with it. It was just something that was pretending to be. But why would someone be adding Windows malware to a fake Mac app?
2: Well, essentially what happened here is that uh, the creators of this malware thought Hey, let's come up with a clever way that we can get malware running on mac OS without it being detected because most of the time you know a lot of the typical uh you know antivirus stuff that's out there will tend to want to only look for certain malicious you know mac procedure calls and things like that um and so if we are Sneakily using Windows stuff, you know that there are ways to make Windows code run on a mac, and that 's essentially what they did here. They took some Windows code that 's really actually designed only to work on mac os by the way um, it, it's it 's sort of a clever, hacky idea, um, not something that we see very often, and so that 's what these uh, malware developers did in this case. They basically included a Windows code interpreter. Um, And so they made Windows code that's specifically designed to infect a Mac. If you actually tried to run this Windows code on Windows, it wouldn't infect it. (laughs) So um, it's just sort of a, a clever way to try to get around some malware detection techniques. What I find really interesting about this story, though, is that this malware has been around for months. And Apple just now added a signature to XProtect. protect This is what I was getting at before. This is w- when I was saying that, you know, X-Protect doesn't really provide much protection. People were getting infected by this months ago. And now all of a sudden Apple added a signature to XProtect. protect It's like, well, it's too little too late guys. This doesn't really help anybody anymore because nobody's still downloading this malware at this point. There you go. Uh, X-Protect doesn't really protect you. Not not in any
1: meaningful way. You like to call it X doesn't protect. X doesn't protect would probably be a more accurate description, yes. Okay, so I said that we would be talking about Facebook again, and we have to talk about Facebook. I, we are contractually obligated to mention Facebook at least once <laughs> in every episode. Um, Facebook is banning these personality quizzes, uh, many of which were used to harvest personal information about people and get access to their contacts and all that. Um, we've got an article in Slash Gear talking about this. Um, they're banning personality quizzes and other apps it con- considers to be, and I quote, minimal utility. Did, I, I never answered one of these personality quizzes. It's like, name your 10 favorite records will tell you when you were born, or what color are you, or what Game of Thrones character are you? And I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't get it. Um, my use of Facebook has changed a lot in the past year. I don't use Facebook anymore except for Groups. I'm interested in photography and music and a couple of other things, and, I, and I'm members of groups for things like that. Um, and I only follow a handful of people. I don't post anything more on Facebook. Um, and anytime anyone I know would post some of these things, quizzes and stupid apps, and it was pretty common, I would unfollow them. I wouldn't, you know the thing, unfollow so-and-so, but remain friends, that kind of thing. Um, so I haven't seen any of these in years, but for a long time these were all over the place. And it's kind of like... Uh, and, and I've mentioned it several times. That scene from that movie, "Now You See Me," where um, these these magicians are in a plane and they're asking these random questions to this guy, and it turns out that these are all his security questions for his account. This is the kind of data that gets harvested by these apps. And kudos to Facebook for doing something good. So we can't laugh at them this week.
2: Yeah, yeah, in fact, um, Mark Zuckerberg recently made a statement about how he wants Facebook to become the privacy network, you know, the the network that really focuses on protecting your privacy. And I'm like, wow, okay,
1: that's... <laughs> well, at the same time, Facebook is going to launch a dating service. Now, talk about personal data. Um, I'm sorry, I just can't see that working.
2: Oh, boy. Well, anyway, those are topics for another day, because we've got other things that we want to, to bring to you guys
1: We do. And we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to you about parental control software and screen time and MDM software. And if you've never heard of MDM, this is going to be pretty interesting.
0: If you or someone you know has got a new MacBook or iMac or switched to the Mac from Windows, be sure to check out Intego's new Mac User Center. It's a one-stop collection of the things you'll need to know about using your Mac. Intego's new Mac User Center covers plenty of the basics to get you running smoothly and smartly in no time. Of course, one of the first steps you'll want to take is to install Mac security software from Intego to keep yourself protected. And right now, Intego Mac Podcast listeners can get 50% savings on Intego software, including Mac Premium Bundle X9. Mac Premium Bundle X9 is a suite of terrific Intego software that includes the antivirus, anti-phishing and anti-spyware protection of Intego Virus Barrier, home and hotspot firewall security from Intego Net Barrier, parental controls for peace of mind from Intego Content Barrier, and much more to help protect, secure and organize your Mac. Download the free trial of Mac Premium Bundle X9 from intego.com today and then use the promo code PODCAST19 at checkout to save 50%. That's PODCAST19 to save 50% on complete Mac protection and security with Intego's Mac Premium Bundle X9. Intego, devoted to protecting Apple products since 1997. Visit Intego.com
1: today. Okay, before we get into MDM software, which we're going to tell you all about, Uh, We want to talk to you about a story that showed up in the Washington Post this week. And I've been a journalist for a long time, and I would give almost anything to be able to come up with an opening paragraph like the one in this article, and I'm going to read it to you. Tara Thomas thought that her daughter was just having nightmares. There's a monster in my room, the almost three-year-old would say, sometimes pointing to the green light on the Nest Cam installed on the wall above her head. Then Thomas realized her daughter's nightmares were real. And it goes on to explain that she walked into the room and heard pornography playing through the Nest cam that she'd been using as a baby monitor. Basically, Nest has allowed hackers to get in. The Washington Post article is how Nest, designed to keep intruders out of people's homes, effectively allowed hackers to get in. What's going on here? Well,
2: so this sounds frightening. It sounds horrible. Um, And obviously, that experience that that this person had was horrible, but... This is not um, anything that's too surprising to somebody who's listened to our podcast, because essentially the attack was something as simple as credential stuffing. And we've talked about this before. The idea that uh, if you reuse passwords across multiple sites and multiple services, Um, That if your data gets breached and your password becomes public knowledge, then all somebody has to do is try using, you know, a bunch of these uh, usernames and passwords or email addresses and passwords to log into other services. And that's exactly what happened here. Um, this was another, yet another of many cases where somebody had been reusing a password across multiple sites. And one of those sites happened to be the site where they accessed their Nest security camera. Hackers were able to, to break into her camera and actually stream audio to the camera in this child's room, all because the parent who set up this camera system used the same password on multiple sites and some other site got breached. And now that password became public knowledge.
1: Yeah. And, and this is complicated. And we've talked many times about using a password manager, using strong passwords, but it's not easy for average users to know about this, to know how to do it. They want passwords they can remember. And if they don't have a password manager, then they're not going to be able to do this. And, 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 macOS and iOS has a built-in password manager, but it's not obvious, it's not easy to find. On iOS it is, if you go into settings, passwords, and accounts. But on the Mac, you have to go into Safari, into the preferences, into the passwords. So it's really not very user-friendly. Right, and I, I think what um,
2: what is sort of disappointing about this type of news story is that most of the time, the only thing that people remember is security cameras are not safe or you know or hackers can do anything that they want and what they don't take away from these types of stories is All you have to do to prevent this from happening to you is to make sure you're using a unique password on every service that you use. Yeah, exactly. Um, That should be the takeaway that people, you know, when people come across these articles and these things are kind of buried within the story, they might mention something like this. And the Washington Post actually does explain how this happened. Um, but unless you are really reading carefully and looking for the details, you may miss that and you may not come away with realizing something that you need to do to proactively protect your accounts.
1: Okay, so I mentioned that we were going to explain what MDM software is, and the reason we're going to talk about this is that Apple has uh, removed or limited uh, apparently 11 of the 17 most downloaded screen time and parental control apps. These are in the App Store for iOS. And if you're familiar with Screen Time, it's a thing on iOS where you can track how much time you spend on your device, how many times you pick it up. But you can also use it as a parental control solution to limit your kids' access, say, no more than four hours a day on Instagram, for example. Um, We'll have a link to an article I wrote on the Intego Max Security blog explaining how Screen Time works. But there are third parties who have created apps that attempt to give parents this sort of control that works in different ways from Apple Screen Time. Apple Screen Time isn't perfect. The way that they were doing this is installing profiles using what's called mobile device management or MDM technology. Now, MDM is something that a company is going to use when they've got a thousand people with iPhones, and they can install the software on it. They can manage it. They can see where the devices are. If a device gets stolen, they can erase it. It's relatively easy. But these are third parties who are... When you buy an app and install it, telling you to install a profile, basically giving them access to your phone, is just a little bit disturbing,
2: right? You know. So this is something that um, I'm not sure if we've really discussed too much on the show before. Um, the the idea of being able to install an MDM or mobile device management profile on uh, on a device really gives. Whoever installed that profile or whoever you know, created that profile for you to install um, a ton of access to your device. The, the reason for this type of profile is mainly so that businesses, uh, uh, you know, large organizations that need to manage a whole bunch of different devices can have an easy way to do things such as Push out updates, um, push out policies. Um, you know, they may want to prevent FaceTime from working, you know, it, it, particularly if you think about like a school district environment, they may not want kids to, you know, use particular apps. They may want to prevent them from, uh, from being able to get to particular sites and those kind of things. And so uh, an MDM profile gives a ton of access to do all sorts of things with your device, it can be abused. And that's exactly what Apple was concerned about here.
1: Right. So what happens is, is, again, people were installing the apps, and the app would say, we need a profile. Now, I've seen this um, with VPN software, and I think it may no longer work like that, but I've had VPN software that would require the installation of a profile. We were looking before the show, um, there's now a separate VPN settings section in settings on iOS and it's in the network settings on the Mac. But I know that I've had to approve uh, profiles uh, in order to use VPN software in the past. Other reasons to use profiles are, I have an Apple developer account and in order to download the beta software to my devices... I need to install a profile. And that profile is more an authentication in that case. It's not a full MDM profile that allows someone to access your device. And in fact, a profile does not necessarily mean this is an MDM profile. So the first thing you should do is you should check on your iOS devices, go to Settings, General, and then look and see if you have an entry for profiles. If you do, drop us a line at podcast.intego.com and tell us who the profile is from because you may not know that that profile is there and you may not need it. It's kind of odd that they would do this because, as you said, an MDM solution gets pretty much full access to your device. It it can't necessarily read your files, but it can install apps. It can probably track some of your traffic. What I don't understand and what's not clear is when people were installing this MDM profile for this screen time or parental control app, was this giving access to the developer to whom the parent would connect on a website that was run by the developer to then access the settings for their children's phone, uh, or were the parents the only ones who had access to those settings? I'm thinking it's the former, that they must have had some sort of a database on the developer's website to be able to manage all these people connecting.
2: Well, Kirk, I... Um, the unfortunate reality is that uh, <laughs> the developer, uh, wh- whoever is whoever created the back end that this profile connects to, um, could very well have access to the same things that the parent would have access to. Um, that's kind of how this thing works. It, it, really, the whole idea behind this, again, this is, d- this is primarily designed for an enterprise environment that owns these devices to be able to manage their own devices. And so if someone else is using this, if a parent wanted to install an MDM profile to, you know, monitor what their kid's doing, that profile is not coming from the parent. The parent didn't create that themselves. That profile really belongs to the developer of, you know, that service. And so the developer, therefore, uh, or you know, people who work for that developer could potentially have access to things on the device to find out what your kid's been doing and other things like that.
1: Okay, so it's not a good idea to ever install software that requires a profile, unless you work for a business and the business tells you to, Unless you have an Apple developer account and you need to install a profile to download the software. I mean, there are reasons for this. There's a reason why this exists. In fact, you may even have Apple send you a profile for them to be able to do troubleshooting on your phone. And in that case, what they'll generally do is have you install the profile, they'll collect data, and then they'll have you delete the profile immediately afterwards. Josh is smirking when I say that. He's got a story to tell here? (laughs) Well, I wanted to say, first of all, that... If Apple approaches you and says,
2: Hey, we need to install a profile on your, on your device. This is never going to happen out of the blue. So
1: if you get an email or something like that. Oh, of course. No, this is yeah. if you've already contacted Apple for support and they need to get logs off your device.
2: Right. If you know that it's actually Apple that you're talking with, then yes. it's okay. Very good point. <laughs> so, um, okay. also, yeah, th- this whole idea of MDM profiles, I've kind of been thinking about this recently because, um, I, um, uh, just for the protection of the the person um, whose device the, was affected by this, I, I will uh, not mention who it was. But I I happen to know somebody who recently said, "Hey, Josh, you're a you know you know a lot about Apple devices and stuff. Um, I've got this weird mail account on my iPhone, and I can't figure out." Why I can't delete it? I can delete other mail accounts that I see in uh, in my mail app, but I can't delete this one. There's no delete button there. What's going on? Um, and as I suspected, it turned out that this was um, a case where a, a profile was actually installed on the device. And I don't really understand all the particulars of why it seemed to be installing some uh, some mail profile. But um, it kind of made me a little concerned about what else that profile might have been doing because that's one of the interesting things about these profiles is that uh, they don't really give you a lot of information about what that profile has access to. There could be one thing that it's doing. It could be a whole bunch of things that it's doing. It could be allowing somebody to actually spy on what you're doing with your iOS device. So as Kirk said, this is very important. Make sure that you don't install profiles. If you get a prompt asking you to install a profile, think very carefully about it and only do this. If you absolutely, without any doubt know where that's coming from and that you
1: really need it. Okay. That's pretty serious, Josh. It is. It's a really serious thing. So it is, it, it, it's the kind of thing that people can get tricked into. Um, Every once in a while I install a Mac app that says after I launch it says, oh, we have to install this to be able to do this. And and it makes sense. In fact, we're we're both, I think, using the same app to record our audio. And when you install this app, it has to install certain drivers to be able to record the audio on the Mac. And this makes sense and we know it. Um but it's true that if you have an app that says you need to install something else, That's suspicious. And particularly on iOS, you should never have anything on iOS that would require you to install something and enter a password because you always need to enter a password when you install a profile. Okay, with that in mind, if anyone does find any profiles on their iOS devices or on their Macs, uh, in the Macs it would be in System Preferences. And if you have a profile installed, it will be in a, a preference pane called Profiles. Drop us a line at podcast at intigo.com. Maybe send screenshots because you might have something that you shouldn't have on your device. Until next week, Josh, stay secure. All right, stay secure.
0: Thanks for listening to the Intigo Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, with your hosts, Kirk McElhern and Josh Long. To get every weekly episode, be sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts or in your favorite podcast app. And if you can... Leave a rating, a like, or a review. Links to topics and information mentioned in the podcast can be found in the online show notes for the episode at podcast.intego.com. The Intego website is also where to find details on the full line of Intego security and utility software. Intego.com.